think? I think it sounds pretty good. Ooh, and guess who's back, people? What? You thought I wasn't going to come back? Miriam Tazi's on vacation. She's somewhere in the wilderness of Africa. In the mountains. Yeah. Looking for fresh fruit. She is, yeah. She's uh, she's traveling. She is away, but, uh, you know, she's here in spirit. And uh, welcome to another episode of American Riddle. I got my main man, Jeff Bryant, in the house. You know, I'm a poor substitute for Miriam Tazi, but I'll give it a good try. That's all right. You know what I mean? We, we this the show must go on. The show must go on. You know, we can't. Uh, you know, just because she's in Africa, you know, <laughs> eating, eating. You know what I mean? Fresh fruit yeah. off the tree. Yeah, they 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 have vegetables. You know, they got all sorts of stuff. We got to go and get ours off a crate. You know, in, in the store. You know, they, they they she got swimming pools and and servants and all sorts of stuff. Ooh, listen to that. Nice beat. Yeah, if I'm going to get sued, I'm going to play it. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was going to say, if we start sucking at this podcast, you can just crank the music back up. You you can. There are some podcasts that do it. I don't even know how they get away with it, but, you know, we're here to play a little bit of a little bit and keep keep the show moving. Exactly. So, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. And, yeah, special guest, Jeff, special guest host. Guest host. That's right. That's right. Or a special... Special guest co-host. Co-host. Yeah, You're yeah. the host, dude. Yeah, yeah. The hostess or the host with don't, the don't most. Be, don't be putting that pressure on me. God mm. damn. That's all right. You can handle pressure. <laughs> you taught me how to handle pressure. <laughs> I did teach you how to handle pressure way right. back in the day. Mm. Mm. So we're also drinking a couple. We have a couple bottles open today, right? We do have a couple bottles open today. The first one is a 2001 Palazzo della Torre from Allegrini. What is what what's what is that? Is that there's Sangiovese and it's a blend, right? Uh, it's it's actually a blend of the grapes used to make Amarone. So uh, it's a baby Amarone in essence, or another way to look at it would be a Rapasso. Um, Corvina, right? Corvina is the grape. I actually think they may this may be a Rapasso. It doesn't say so on the label. I would have to double check that, but it uh, it definitely has the characteristics of an Amarone. Uh, you get that nice sort of raisinated fruit, and this one, this is a 2001, so this has a little bit of a little bit of mileage on it, and it's uh, it's holding up very nice. Yeah, no, that's that's what I got off. I got kind of the plum mm-hmm. dried fruits off of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's a shame uh, Tony Guida is not here with us today to and share it again. You know wine, what I mean? He's, he and Miriam must be off looking for fruit somewhere. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah. What, well, Miriam's at the at, in Africa, so and uh, Tony is in Denver. So that's quite the, that's quite, the other Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Mile high, you know what I mean? They got all sorts of things going on in in Colorado. He's been there for a minute though. He's been there for a little over a month. Yeah, wasn't wasn't planned to be that long, but uh, uh, circumstances made it that long, and he's on his way back. So you know, yeah. he'll be back by the weekend. It'll be good. Yeah, the, uh, and for those of you guys tuning in that may have missed uh, a couple shows back, I've had Tony and Jeff on the podcast before and we've talked food we've talked wine we've talked shit we've a lot of shit yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) as as my mom says cash shit you know what i mean so uh i don't even know what that means but uh it's a uh it's it probably just means a lot of shit a Um, lot of shit but uh yeah no we'll have uh tony back on the show uh soon soon yeah we'll, we'll have some more wine but yeah i know I know you guys from the Washington Wine and Cheese uh, seminar uh, that's been going on for how many years? Oh, Lord. Uh, I think they're up to like 40, 
45 now, maybe, something like that. Yeah, 45 years mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., uh, in Washington, D.C., should I say, uh, currently being held at St. Patrick's Episcopal Church. And that's every Tuesday night. So if you guys want to uh, check that out, Google it, or stop by at St. Patrick's. It's still stop at Patrick's, by. Right? It's at St. Patrick's. It's every Tuesday night during the school year. So they run from like September through June. Uh, during the school year, seven forty-five Tuesday nights. It's usually twenty bucks, twenty-five bucks for five wines, two different cheeses, and bread. Sometimes some other little goodies in there, and it's a fun time, and it's a great way to learn about wine. Yeah, go to church. Go to church and get yeah. your education. What better place? What better place? Yeah. So yeah, and, and we go back in those days. Uh, of course, when I had my wine shop, and we've talked about this in a podcast uh, before. But uh, sometimes I just when I was driving. Uh, up here, I'm in a remote location, undisclosed location. <laughs> this is a today, very you know remote I mean? location it's for the, Malcolm. You know, it's the Bat Cave, and we're able to do that at this podcast. You know, we don't, we're not we're not glued to one studio. You know, we're like we're like ABC, CBS, NBC. We got remote vans that can take us and broadcast anywhere. We go where the action is. That's right. That's and right. The, the action <laughs> is here. You know, so we're 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 up in uh, Maryland. I'll just leave it as that. You know, Way up in Maryland. Yeah, MD. I don't even know what the zip code is up in this camp. It starts with a two. There you go. <laughs> so you figure the rest out, and then you can pinpoint us. That's right. You know, or use your GPS. Yeah, driving up here, <laughs> driving up here, I was just thinking, like, how long I've known you and, uh, you know, what, what your friendship means to me. You know what I mean? I was like, mm-hmm. God damn, I've known that motherfucker for a long time. You have. And the first thing you said when you walked in my door is, have I ever been here before? Yeah. And I said, yeah, motherfucker, <laughs> you stayed with me a couple of times. He's like, oh, I don't yeah. recognize anything. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time. Well, there's no markings that said this was Je- – like Jeff used to have a car and it said Air 23 on it. You know what I mean? It was back when Michael Jordan was playing basketball yeah, and right. I was a big Jordan fan. So. You, still, you still can have something with you – know. See, see. Number 23 doesn't go away. No, no, he doesn't. Show respect. But, uh, yeah, no, but just getting up here itself. I mean, I, I know I haven't been up here in a long time. Jeff was like, uh, yeah, you get up here okay? What is GPS? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, things changed. Like, you, it's. Yeah, we were talking about that when you walked in. I said, how do we all survive without a GPS? And Malcolm's like, oh, we used to use a map. You remember yeah. that? You remember that? <laughs> I, I, I did. I had, the, I had the book maps, and then there were big books they were huge took up your whole seat yeah and they, yeah. Were, they were each county i had like tons of them. I had a book bag full of maps and you'd take that shit and take a, a marker and like draw your highlight route out of highlight, highlight it. yep exactly and, and same thing when i used to drive to michigan i had a map that my grandfather gave me and he laminated it but he laminated it with uh, <laughs> with tape <laughs> you know because you didn't that was, have, back, that was back before people laminated stuff meanwhile right? yeah. meanwhile at, at my house i've got a laminated machine exactly that laminates stuff for me to perfection but this dude he went off and he taped it and i use that you still use it i use it well i use that map for i don't know over a decade mm-hmm. i mean i would just use it as a as a you know, point of reference. Exactly. Same thing with GPS. I kind of use it just to guide me, you know, just in case. But usually I know where I'm going. Does Justin know how to read a map? I don't think so. I, I should, see? You, I, should I pull not, that, you should pull that old map out and see if he can read it. I have not taught him how to do that. That's true. Yeah, what happens if your battery dies, right? You know, you got you're no done. phone, you're done. Well, you don't even remember <laughs> phone numbers. <laughs> exactly. You just pull that shit up in your contact I don't even list. think I could reset. Like, if I got arrested right now leaving here, man, I need to make a call to you. I don't think I could remember it. I'd be done. No, probably not. Yeah. No. no. I mean, I don't even know how we, I, I, I know a couple few phone numbers, but, you know, it's... Uh, what tattoos are for, dude? 
Yeah. Tattoo that number on you. Yeah, I mean, it's scary. It is scary, right? It's, it's very scary. We become very dependent upon technology. We're stuck in a digital age. That's right. And if that goes away... Well, if you see all the articles coming out now. Everybody should fear artificial intelligence, right? Because it's going to take over. Skynet, goddammit. Skynet's going to take over. You think so? <laughs> Who knows? Do you think... Do you think... Well, some people even say that we are living in a simulation, that this is a computer... I've been reading a little bit about this. I try not to because it just messes with my mind. It will fuck with your mind. Yeah. So will. I try not to. And, and even getting into artificial intelligence, if you look at the time span from, if you just go from, you know, from the 60s to the 80s, there was, I mean, you know, you got the Curtis Mathis TV, you know, you got some, some you got a remote, <laughs> you got to pull out the, what was it? The uh, your car stereo and carry it around with you in exactly. the nineties. Yep. That was a big thing. But then all of a sudden it just exploded. Mid nineties. You know the bur- you know I guess the internet was before that, but it, or somewhere around that that time. When did the internet come out? It was back in the nineties, I believe. But you know, it, things like technology tend to to go on an exponential curve. You know, it starts off kind of slow, and then all of a sudden it yeah. just takes off. And like you know, you buy a TV now. You know, by the time you get it home, it's obsolete. There were thousands of, I mean, they're still very expensive. Like, if you try to go get a 4K uh, television set, it's still going to run you a pretty penny now. Next, you just, next year, they'll be 25 bucks. Why is, I mean, how, how did it, it explode to, like, every year mm-hmm. something new comes out? You get the new phone every nine months or, or a year or something like that. Now it's just evolved to the point where, yes, you're talking about, you know, robots and I mean, no one's really talking about flying cars anymore because I thought that no, was no, because they're all going to be self-driving in like another year or so, right? They're doing that now. Yeah, they're doing that now. Apple's doing that. Tesla's been working on it a little bit. Google's working on it. Yeah, but I don't want that. Uh, uh, Audi just did a, uh, I think it was Audi, uh, did a car that drove around San Francisco all by itself. I yeah, mean, but you know. what's going to happen when it goes haywire? Like the system gets a, a you know, hiccups or someone hacks into it and drives it's, you into the. It's Skynet. Yeah. <laughs> what's going to happen? And there's been, you know, some cases where people think that has happened already. Like, I, I don't need that in my life. Just give me some good old American muscle. You know what I mean? Exactly. The basics. Well, and, and people don't learn things anymore, right? Because they, they can Google it. You can, you can have your yeah. phone. You don't know something, you just Google it. You don't take the time to learn things anymore. And in, and in school, they're they're not teaching as many things anymore. Like it, it floors me that most schools now don't teach cursive writing anymore. They don't. Yeah, they don't teach cursive writing anymore because people write in block letters, yeah. and and most of the time people aren't signing things anyway. It's all a digital signature now or things like that. So yeah, that's that's it's, it's crazy. That is insane, and I've talked about that with my son. It just having the resources in front of you. Like sometimes he'll, he'll wait to the last minute or he was on a, on a, he was in this pattern where he was waiting to the last minute to do stuff. And I'm like, look, this is just repetition. They're just, mm-hmm. they're, they're giving you the answers up front weeks in advance. You know that the, a test is coming. Exactly. They're just seeing if you can prepare yourself to follow instruction. That's, mm-hmm. that's all it is. That's all tests are. And I said, I'm like, I'm like, as far as getting the information, they lay it out. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, man, you've got, a phone, you've got computers, you've got so much stuff. I used to have to hike 
to a, a, a library. Remember those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Yeah, you go to a library and and you would have to do research. Look up, you know, you look through like microfilm and look at files and all this craziness. Do you, do you ever have that dream? You wake up and you go, "Holy shit! I still got a library book I never returned." Yeah, I get that. I always get the one where I'm in my underwear at school, though. <laughs> That's the one I always get. I wake up and I, I can't find my locker. And then I look down and I realize I'm in. in that shit happened to me on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah in, at school. Yeah. You just can't, mm-hmm. fi- can't find your can't locker. Find, can't find your locker. Can't find your pants. You know. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. That. that uh, I don't even know why I find that terrifying. But I, I, I do. And I, I still have that reoccurring dream. The one that terrifies me is I wake up and I am in college. Yeah, and I have gone the entire semester, and I never went to this one class, and I never dropped it. Yeah, and so I'm going to have like this, you know, failing grade or something, and I, I still have that dream. It's going to. It never happened to me, but I have that dream. Yeah, yeah it, I don't know why. I've done that with work too. Like you forgot to do something, like something, and you like you just you just so stressed out when you wake up. Mm-hmm. That's the worst. But uh, I think you're right. I think you're onto something. Like little basic stuff. Like reading them, or even just knowing where to find where. Where do you even buy a map? You know what I mean. Right. Where do you buy a map? Where would you buy a map? Gas station. Well, gas station. That's first thing. Gas station. But see that that you and I, because back in the day, that's where you bought maps was at a gas station. But now maybe grocery store, Office Depot, Office Depot. um, You know, bookstore. Where do you buy a map? Yeah, you can go to Office Depot, and I believe there's some 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 maps. Uh, Do gas stations still sell maps? I like to think so. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> All is lost. <laughs> you know, it does annoy me when someone comes in and asks me for directions somewhere. You right, know, right. I mean, look at – you got your phone, man. I, yeah. mean, I don't even know why I get pissed off. Right. But uh, I do. I, I find it – Well, because they probably have their phone too, right? They should. <laughs> they should have I mean, their I've phone. Seen, I've seen homeless people walking around with phones. With phones, right? Yeah. And I remember – you know, this is this is gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna date myself, but I remember when a cell phone, a cellular phone, cellular yeah, phone, yeah, a cellular phone was a luxury. It was a luxury. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, now it's no different than having you know shoes, right? Which some people don't even wear shoes. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, it, it, it's it's the norm. The to, first the first cellular phone I purchased. <laughs> was actually one of the hardwired cellular phones in, in a car. Mm-hmm. You remember? Oh, it was they had a big like thing. The, it was It was huge. a big thing. You had the antenna on the car, and you had like the was, the handset that had the cord that was wired into the thing in the car, and you had the speaker system yeah. in the car. If you had a cell phone attached inside your car, oh, you had the player shit. status. Oh, man. I mean, that was the days of like Miami Vice and all that, you yeah. know, and everybody had their like wired in phones in the car. And yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember brothers on the corner, like it was a big deal when they had the big Panasonic. It was like a little briefcase mm-hmm. and they would carry that thing around. Uh, I never really got into cell phones. I mean, I, I, I had one off and on here and there, but I went a long stint in the nineties where, you know, I had the pager. You know? Oh yeah. yeah right. I, the pager. I, I had the beeper. You were the drug dealer. The I had the beeper. Yeah, I had the beeper for a number of years on up to when uh, my son was conceived. And even before he was born, then I was forced to get – and that was back in 2001. So I held out for a long time. A long time. Do they still make pagers? Yeah, yeah, they do. I think um, 
I think doctors and mm-hmm. uh, I guess uh, I guess you call them morticians. Is that what you call them? Huh? <laughs> mortician. Is that what it is? Uh, it's not a mortician, is cor- it? <laughs> corner. Um. <laughs> what the fuck is a mortician? A mortician is the uh, person who uh, prepares the dead body for uh, you know the funeral. And, yeah, and them, stuff like they that. have it. They have a friend it. of mine. He's a mortician, and he has a pager. Two of them. He he, he is so busy. He has to have two Booming. pagers. Well, business, you know, death is, is a booming business. Booming. Yes, I even asked him. I was like, "What the fuck? Why do you have two pagers?" Man, that's that's one. It's like death and taxes, right? You either work for the IRS or you work as a mortician. Maybe, you maybe, always have work. Maybe he does both. That's why he has two pagers. Oh, so you might be onto something. Yeah, he could he could have the uh, you know have everything locked down. But you, I've seen I've you know it's, I don't see him that much, but I've seen pagers here and there. Uh, it's a old te- it's a very, very dated old technology. technology. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very old, uh, but yeah, I was kind of I was forced to get a cell phone, and ever since then I've had one. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you would do if you didn't have it. And I think you're right. I I, I should teach my son how to read a map. I think that's uh, that is a good uh, good point that you bring up. Yeah, you know when Skynet takes over and technology collapses. And, you said that a couple times. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> I just like throwing Skynet out there. <laughs> Are you a big Terminator fan? You know, back in the day I was. Yeah, it was a pretty cool movie, a neat, a neat concept. And then they, you know, and then as with everything, you go through several sequels and they start fucking with the storyline and then it's just not as good as the original. But Yeah, the first one was uh, was the shit. I mean, that was, that was in the 80s and uh, it was, it, it it blew my mind, right? And then uh, the T two when that one came out, and that was a that was a long time from the first one. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I mean, fantastic filmmaking. And the third one I liked a lot too, though. Mm-hmm. It, it threw me a you know it threw you off because it didn't have like the original players in it. Uh, was John Connor the kid? Right. I think it was played by who was that guy's name? Nick Stahl. Yeah, right. Yeah, Nick Stahl. But I don't think he did it. I mean, it Claire Danes, a young Claire Danes. You know what I mean? Claire Danes has always been you know. Always kind of hot. Yeah, yeah. I've always mm-hmm. liked Claire Danes. You know, I try to try to tune in when she's into something. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Skynet. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a concept that I think uh, I wasn't even prepared to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like throwing Malcolm yeah. a curveball every now and then. Yeah, the. It, I mean, it is. It's one of those one of those films that has come to fruition. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it is here in so many different ways. I mean, if you look at what's going on in the world today. Uh, it's um, technology is everywhere, and it's dominating the playing field. Everything from everyday life, whether it's the iPhone or a watch or your, the computer. Uh, but I mean, take it. Take what just happened with that. Where is it? With that shooting in South Carolina, right? And it was captured all on videotape. You cannot walk out of your house and do anything these days that's not captured on videotape. There's a security camera somewhere. There's somebody with a cell phone. There's something going on that you're on tape probably a couple of times a day without your knowledge. So how come there's no new new UFO footage? Yeah, right? Huh? right? Tell me that. What about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me that. That's often you, crossed my mind. You know? Believe yeah. you me, I, I watch Ancient Aliens and I watch all these UFO files and I'm like, well, where's the new footage? I yeah, want to see. Show me the new footage. I right? want to see because everyone – I mean, if back to the South Carolina – the person filming, um, uh, what is his name, uh, Fiden Santana, who f- captured the video, fearless. Yeah, fearless, totally. Fearless. Cops shooting at a guy, and he's got his phone right there capturing Eight everything. Eight shots fired. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of firing. And he stood there mm-hmm. steady and 
you know, thank thank goodness that he uh, he captured the video. And I'm going to do a separate podcast and go a little bit deeper into this subject because I think it needs to be addressed. But I'm, I'm oh, I'm, it definitely needs to be addressed. I'm happy that uh, that it was captured, and I'm happy that the uh, South Car- Carolina Police Department acted and dismissed the officer. Uh, you know, while uh, charges are pending. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, no charges. He has been he charged. He has been charged. Murder. Yes, and uh, it's. Still, I, you know, come on, eight times, and I think he was hit five times in the back. Guy's running away, has no weapon, running away, and you have to you have to shoot him. I mean, really? But I watched. Uh, I was watching uh, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox. Mm-hmm. I was just watching the reports come in, and some of the news anchors were saying, uh, uh, you know, they were happy. A lot of people were, were happy it was it was captured because, you know, he would still be at work today. Exactly, which is weird because. Five times, eight shots fired, five in the back. I mean, come on. Right. Why do you need the videotape? I mean, but this, is, this isn't this is new. This is something that's been going on. I mean, if you look at the ones, look at any instance where uh, someone wasn't shot or killed, but they were accused of rape or accused of a murder or a crime and have, you know, been in jail for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Well, and, and sadly, there, there are situations like this every day that just never make the news. Because there's nobody there filming it, yeah. and so you just have one person's word about what happened, and you don't you don't see what happened. You don't get the full story. And I'm not saying that you know everybody's bad or that all cops are bad or anything like that. I'm not saying that in, in any way. No. But um, there are situations that happen every day that, unless something like this happened, you wouldn't never know about it. No, it just goes on as you know life life is normal, and people get away with stuff all the time. Yeah, there, there, there is a percentage of uh, of individuals in, you know, a, a position mm-hmm. where they're m- mentally unstable, where they mm-hmm. should not be in that position. I talked about this in the last podcast, where the uh, pilot uh, that crashed the, mm-hmm. the airplane, you know, into the Alps. Just, I mean, what are we doing to ourselves? What, what are we doing to ourselves? Where? We're overlooking or giving people a pass or looking the other way or just giving someone a note saying, ah, give this to your employee, em- employer. Right. That, you know, you're, you, not, you're not fit to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also uh, the funding that's not there right now for people to have these psychiatric exams, especially when you're police officers, when you're carrying guns. But, you know, that, that particular situation with the pilot um, – you can have you know mental problems or this or that, and I'm, and I'm certainly I'm no expert on it, and I'm I'm not trying to pass judgment on on anybody. I'm just looking at this particular situation. You can decide uh, I want to end my life, but why do you have to you know make a decision to end your life and take 149 other innocent people with you? Right, wow. that's that's the fucked up part about it. You want to. You're not happy with your life and you want to end it. It's your life. If you want to end it, you can end it. You know, that's, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all about, um, especially if you're in a situation um, like my my parents. Um, I, lost, <laughs> I lost both my parents this past year. And my mother um, had a very, um, uh, very uh, difficult um, uh time at the end of her life she had a neurological condition and similar to parkinson's that basically robbed her of her motor skills and and, you know she ended up uh uh, dying because of it but she you know 
if it were me, I would have wanted to end my life a lot earlier rather than go through what she went through. And I think my own personal opinion that everybody, you know, if you're faced with that kind of situation, you want to end your life, end your life. Yeah. But don't, you know, don't go get in a car and take a bunch of other people with you. You know, I mean, that's, there's a, there's a line there that you're crossing, right? And this pilot crossed the line by crashing the plane with all these other people on board. Yeah, no, I mean it's it, it, that's just horrible. I mean, it's I, horrible. I, I, my heart goes out to the families and and everybody. Yeah, yeah it's just horrible. It, it's it's yeah, there's no words that, that could even come close. Uh, you know that, that I could even describe. You know how I feel for the the families involved. But uh, I agree with you 100. Mm-hmm. percent Don't take you know your neighbors and friends right. and people you don't know you know down with you. Right. That takes it to a whole. You know, another level. Uh, same thing with the, co- the the police officer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not have been a hundred people, but to 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 do what he did to shoot him. I mean, I would say he shot him down like a dog. But I mean, dogs are treated better dogs than some of the citizens better. in mm-hmm. in this country, uh, whether it be black uh, or anyone of person of color, or it, it could be anyone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you get caught caught up somewhere and this person is unstable. And just wants to shit on you, mm-hmm. then uh, you know I pray that you're not on uh, you know, the other end of that that firearm because uh, you know a lot of times these stories aren't they're done in the dark areas of the of the world where there's no cameras. That's right. And uh, you know the, there are groups that unfortunately there are, are groups within the organiz- organization that will plant uh, you know plant uh, mm-hmm. uh, evidence. Or uh, you know, back up the officer or officers in question, uh, back up their stories. Uh, in this case, like I said, it was caught. I mean, it's it's right there. It's but I mean, it's, it's the same thing with Eric Garner in New York. I mean, that was right. caught on video. Mm-hmm. Still resulted in no convictions, and he was choked out. You know what I mean? Just horrible, horrible. And you know, it it also brings up another conversation of of you know how you are viewed, how people are viewed, whether that be in in the social status and religious status, uh, the color of your skin, how you are viewed, how the you know you are viewed in today's society. It's not a new story, especially when it comes to African Americans. It, it isn't. It's not a new story. It's been going on mm-hmm. for so many years. I mean, hundreds of years. But I mean, it, but but what's been going on? Around the country, this isn't something that, that's brand new. What's brand new is the flood of uh, information and how fast we're getting it now. That's correct. Yeah, unedited, uncut, boom! Here it is. Deal with it, right? And, and you know, Twitter things are on yeah. Twitter instantly. Uh, there's the new uh, app by Twitter, Periscope, that allows you to uh, live stream whatever's going on for everybody to see. Really? You know? So there's know all of these. Oh yeah. All of these technologies coming out now that's just making information available instantaneously. Well, yeah, and and, and that's something that uh, I think, you know, that's the good part. It's disturbing because if you look at the news, they're looping that video over and over and over again. Same thing with uh, the, 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 the airline, uh, the airplane that, that crashed. There's video audio i believe it is it's audio yeah Mm -hmm. uh i've not heard that nor Mm -hmm. do i i want to nope uh but it does give you better insight and hopefully it will re uh result in uh you know something good that will come out of it whether it it is uh you know more uh 
more more of a uh, detailed look into mental health and scanning and screening for that. Uh, and same thing with police. I mean, they're saying now that whole police department is going to be outfitted with cameras. Mm-hmm. But damn, does it need it? It has to come to that. You know what I mean? Well, you know, so we've we've talked about a lot of subjects already, and and technology keeps expanding uh, faster and faster all the time. And I think we as as people need to learn how to deal with information being available all the time. You know, before you used to write a letter to somebody. There was no, you know, calling somebody or this. You wrote a letter, right? Mm -hmm. It took weeks for the letter to get there. And in between, stuff happened. But you didn't, you know, nobody knew about it. Now, everything that happens is instantly available to everybody via via social media, via video, via audio, whatever. And, And we have to learn how to, okay, now we have way more information than we ever used to have available instantly. How do we handle that? How do we deal with that? That's a good question. We're not, I don't think that we are able, we, we do a good, we do a, I guess we do okay job. I was going to say we do a good job, but we're not, I don't think we're meant to have this much information so fast. You know what I mean? It's overload. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you start to see it in, um, you know, within, uh, the way you uh, interact with people shortens your attention span. You're getting all this information. You're always checking your phone. You're looking at your emails. You're Every, everybody's multitasking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. Maybe maybe in some way that makes you sharp. I don't know. But there's good and there's bad. It's uh, You can say a double-edged sword, but there's more than one edge on this sword. You, you know want, what I mean? You, you want to know what is good? This wine. This starry night, petite Syrah. Yeah. See if you can... Uh, you still got a little bit in your glass right there. You know, Tony would uh, mm-hmm. scold you for that. Let's try this thing. All right. So now, so now we're on a two a <laughs> total segue. We're on to a uh, 2009 Starry Night Lodi Petite Syrah. Where we had the first one was considered an old world wine, as we say. Yes, an old, old world. world, old Italian wine. Exactly. This is uh, this is California. New world. New world. And the differences between old world and new world. Well, vast if you, I mean, bright, bright fruit. Um, this one, of course, this is Petite Syrah, so the alcohol is like 14.8, so it's starting to get up there. Um, let's see, 2009, uh, it says on the back of the bottle here, uh, deep, rich, fruit-driven flavors with ripe plums and black cherries with hints of anise and white pepper. Yeah. So old world and new world, it's big dif- difference. So if you ever hear that term, old world usually reflect, reflects the terroir. Usually exactly. reflects the soil first. It's mm-hmm. a style of winemaking. And uh, this is, you know, most of you listening may know, but some may not. Uh, and the new world reflects the, the fruit first, right? So it's usually be very much usually brighter and uh, sometimes in this case more jammy. Yeah, the, fir- the first one, there was sort of a very nice balance between earthy notes and fruit. Mm. And in this wine, you really get the fruit and, a, lot and fruit. a lot of fruit. And then the uh, the earthy notes are much more uh, hidden on the back end. Blackberry. I get some big, black, big black fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really dark. Right off the tree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I find that fascinating. <laughs> Jeff has he's, – he's gotten a big kick off of that because I was talking – you know, when we opened the show, talking about Africa and picking fruit off the tree. My, my, uh, my grandmother in Virginia – 
uh, where her house is, uh, where my mother lives to this day, is a, uh, we used to have these uh, trees. I mean, there are all sorts of fruit trees. And you could just go out there and, this apple tree, I remember, mm-hmm. and you could get apples. And you wouldn't have to pick them. They'd fall. Fall right off the tree. And you'd, yep. you'd pick them. And I remember when I would stay there, it was so great in the summertime because you'd wake up to the smell of fried apples. Slice them up, put them mm-hmm. in the pan, some butter, probably some, I don't know, if you add water, you need to because the juice is itself. And oh, it was so good. They, they would have that. You oh, know, yeah. They'd have some fried eggs and scrapple, toast, <laughs> scrapple. black coffee. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a southern breakfast right yeah, there. and they live to be 100. You know right, what I mean? Right, Here I'm worried about gluten, and I'm worried about eating more fruit so my urine doesn't smell. I've got all this. You know, just, I'm just going to go back to the basics. Go back to the basics. Put some Scrapple in your diet. I haven't had Scrapple in a long time. not really a big fan of Scrapple. Me uh, neither, yeah. But uh, I, I don't mind the smell of it, and I don't mind you know how it looks when it's set up, and you've got all the food, but it's not, you know. I do like spam. I've, I, I do like spam. I do like potted meats. Not not much difference between no <laughs> scrapple. And no, I potted know. Meat. Yeah. I know. I, I just recently uh, found out that I guess with spam you would cut it, take it out of the can, and uh, fry that as well. Oh yeah. But I would eat it raw. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I didn't know. I just. You know, it's the same with potted meat. You put it on bread and I, you just I eat it. I don't think there's uh, anything against eating Spam raw. Who knew? I mean, you know, yeah, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just – who knew when it comes to fine cuisines? So we, we drank fine wine and we eat Spam and uh, – what do you call it? Scrapple. Scrapple. Yeah. I you know, you, I, I kids got some, today I, don't eat scrapple. See, I got some nice cheeses on the table today. I got some olives. You know, I got some crackers. I don't have any scrapple. So no. if I if I had but known, you know, I would I would have had scrapple on the table for you. I would have been shocked. Spam next if, time. Spam. If you would have had fried apples and scrapple <laughs> on the table, I would have moved in. Straight up. Straight up. Yeah, you have blue cheese. What's the other cheese you have? Uh, what do we have here? We have. Uh, a blue, I can't remember uh, specifically which blue it is, but there's a piave. There is a, a, a year-old uh, goat's milk um, cheese, very similar to uh, a gouda, or gouda, as they say. And um, and then there's a mimolette, a very nice bright orange uh, mimolette over there that's uh, really, really nice. Oh, yeah, look at that. That's a deep orange, deep like a pumpkin. orange, like pumpkin. Yeah, exactly. It's you one know, of my favorite cheeses, actually. Really? I have mm-hmm. to try that one. I'm going to try it. It's very nutty. Mm, mm, mm. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say, but it's, it is. I didn't I, even notice that I one. I think there's much you can say after that. It doesn't even look real. I mean, it's just deep orange. Deep, d- very deep I've orange. Ne- and what's the name of it again? Mimolette. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's quite the spread. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, I don't even know. Where we it don't is. fuck around here, right? You know, no. if we're gonna drink some wine, we gotta have some stuff to eat with it, you know, because nobody needs to be drinking on an empty stomach. Yeah, you were trained, you know, by a master. By the master. Yeah, and uh, meaning, uh, I, I assume just Tony. Who who trained Tony in all this? That's a good question. We should ask him the next yeah. time. I think he learned a lot of it from the Washington Wine and Cheese Seminar. Just doing it for so many Just years. Just doing it for so many years. I mean, he's been there for most of those 40 years. So, you know, I think uh, that's what, that's a question I get from a lot of people. Like, you know, how do you learn about wine? How do you, you know, should I go to school? Should I do this? You know, get certified, blah, blah, blah. And I always just say, just drink. You know, just go right. out, right. submerge yourself around it because that's where you're going to get your. Uh, 
your education. A guy, I did a wine tasting at a place in Arlington last weekend called the Grateful Red Wine Shop. Mm. So right, right in the Clarendon area, a really nice wine shop. Mm-hmm. And the guy working the the counter was saying, he was just probing, asking me questions about you know, getting deeper into the wine business and should he go to this school and become a sommelier and do all this, you know, stuff. And I'm like, look, you're getting your education right here, right now. You know, you can certainly spend the money and go to school and take, you know, courses or get degrees or get certifications or whatever. But I really think at least what I have seen over the years in dealing with people in the wine industry and people who know about wine and, uh, it really just comes down to, just like you said, keep drinking, keep tasting wines, keep develop your own database, develop your own palate, figure out what you like, and then take the time to talk to somebody else about it, and then start sharing those experiences and sharing that knowledge, and you can learn faster about the nuances of wine. I think going that way than you can, you know, spending the money to take some kind of sommelier course. Well, also. You know what he's doing, meeting people, getting to know them, learning their palates, mm-hmm. and also building relationships with vendors, sales reps, winemakers that come in town. I'm like, you're building a Rolodex that uh, you can't – you no school can no supply this for you. Exactly. So when, if you go out to California or you go to Italy or you go to uh, Hungary or you go anywhere in the world – and you've been selling this guy's wine, and he came to town, and he knows that you're the face of that wine store. Mm-hmm. I was like, you, you, "There's no degree that's going to give you that." Exactly. I was like, which, "Where you're at right now is 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 a huge education," uh, and he'll realize that down down the road. But uh, it comes in handy. I mean, when you're when you're just out there and you're going to wine events and tastings and wine shops. And meeting people from all over the world. When you do go out there to visit them, they remember you. Oh, they do. Yeah. You recently went. Did you go? To, didn't you just go to Italy? Yeah, I just got back from Italy. As a matter of fact, um, was in Rome for three days, Florence for three days, and Tuscany for three days. Wow. Yeah, the pictures I saw that you posted looked amazing. Yeah, I posted a few. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Tuscany is beautiful. It, so, you know, wine's big for me, and I love Italian wines, and I love Italian food. Mm-hmm. And as much as seeing the sights was uh, a great experience, um, you know, you go and you eat the food and drink the wine, and it's you can't describe it. It's just an amazing experience, and you get a chance to taste some wines that never make it over here, uh, and they're spectacular. And when you take the time to talk to the person who actually made the wine, and when they find out that you have a passion for it, more often than not, they're like, oh, well, let me pull out this bottle for you and open this up. Because if you like that one, I think you'll really like this one. And it's all about those shared experiences. Just something you can't uh, you can't put a price tag on. So the vacation that you, you, you went on, I assume it was a vacation. It was a vacation. It uh – like what, what? What blew your mind? Like, start. Like, was that your first time to Rome? It was my first time to Rome. I've been to Italy before, but it was the first time to Rome. What was um, that like? Uh, so you've been to Rome, I know, and, yeah. and you've been to the Colosseum. So yeah. I went to the Colosseum, and I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures you posted of the Colosseum, you know, and you and you know, okay, that's the Colosseum. Puts it in perspective, doesn't it? But you know, when you walk <laughs> into the place, you're like, holy shit, this place is huge now. You see pictures of it, and you get a you get a perspective of how big it is, et cetera. But 
once you actually step into it, it, it blew my mind how big it was. I mean, it's bigger than a lot of pro football stadiums in this country. It's huge. Yeah. And the Roman Forum, you've seen pictures of the Roman Forum, and you know it's spread out and it's whatever, but it's huge. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. It, 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 when I've, I couldn't, I still, every time I go to Europe, it blows my mind because yeah, I, right? I always I always go date back to my my days growing up in Flint, Michigan, and I always say, God, I can't believe I've you know I've actually made it across the seas, just traveled across the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. And here I am in this foreign land that has so much history. So when you see it, right, and then I look at the Colosseum and I see just how old in the, the history i mean you just look at you don't even look at the coliseum you just look at the ground you know exactly I mean? at the ground yeah it just blows your mind mm-hmm. you know, did you go to the vatican yes went to the vatican took oh. a wonderful tour of the vatican uh it was a four-hour tour and i probably saw you know uh they started you off in the vatican museum i probably saw you know less than 25 percent of the vatican museum um uh the Sistine Chapel, breathtaking. St. Peter's, breathtaking. Um, you look at the grandeur and the the art and the history, and you know. Now, so now we're off on another segue. Um, so you know, you're at the Vatican, and you're in the Vatican Museum, and they have all of these statues and all of these paintings and all of these different uh, different works of art, and. You stop and you go, wait a second, I've seen this same statue somewhere else. I've seen this same, you know, whatever somewhere else. And it's because the one you're seeing somewhere else is a copy. The Vatican has the real one. Yeah. Right? That what they have is is uh, amazing. I posted a picture on Facebook of uh, a famous church in Rome, Santa Maria Maggiore. Yeah, I went there. The ceiling in the church has seven tons of gold yeah. in the ceiling. And we went in at night, and because there's paintings on the wall and stuff, there's no flash photography, and they don't have many lights on, so it was very dark, and we really couldn't see the ceiling. And then, like, once every, you know, half hour, hour, for like a minute, the lights come on so that you can see. Mm-hmm. And when the lights came on, I was, like, snapping pictures like crazy. The ceiling just blows you away. It's seven tons of gold and it's a work of art you know could you do a lot more with seven tons of gold to feed the poor and stuff like that yes but at the same time they have history and art in just every corner of everywhere you go any little church on the corner has some kind of amazing work of art history that we don't have in this country right the fountains the the everything it's just amazing have you seen the fountains Mm-hmm. In the well, here in 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 this area where it's just a, a water and it shoots up, it shoots up, yeah, yeah, that's it, <laughs> that's it, that's, that's our fountain here. Right. You see it in any anywhere in the suburbs, any outdoor mall, anything like that. You see it shoots water up. The kids love it actually, so mm-hmm. it's it's fun. But when you go to Rome and you go somewhere and you see the the craftsmanship, everything that they went that goes into one of their fountains. It's it it just blows your it mind. It Blows your mind. Yeah, it, yeah. It's everything that's that's done over there. I mean, it. Yeah, I, I long to go back. Yeah, Rome. Rome was uh, beautiful. It was uh, it was Florence, amazing. Florence, I loved. Florence. I've never been to Florence. Florence was amazing. Yeah, yeah, just completely amazing. Um, the old the old town, the old part of Florence. Everything is very easily walkable and um, 
the Duomo in Florence is breathtaking. Italy, the entire country is breathtaking yeah. everywhere you go. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's it's something that I think everyone should experience. My son is actually, I think they're they're eighth grade next year. They're going to go uh, abroad. They're mm. planning a trip, uh, which would, would be cool. I mean, I never did anything like when I was in school. There was nothing. I mean, we go to the zoo or somewhere. We didn't even have a zoo. Yeah, we. <laughs> I mean, I don't even. I, I think I, I I slept over at my teacher's house one time. Nice. Yeah, she was hot too. She was hot. <laughs> I was. I did. I, re, I remember that. I don't yeah, think she she go to prison for something like that. It was today, a group right? of us, but yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do that. No. Today. It doesn't matter how many kids. Yeah. No, like every week on the news, you're seeing some teacher that's going to prison for having sex with one of her students or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder. Some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that subject because. Yeah, but you want to. You want to. Yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope. Uh, it's, it, it is, I mean, in high school, there definitely were teachers that were doing that. There was, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They were, they were on both sides. There Mm -hmm. was, was, there's always one female that she slept with one or two or, 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 and it could just be rumor, you know, it could, could be, you know, some urban legend or something but no they you know the kids we knew what was up you knew what you know? was up and then there was always the guy when he would you know kind of look at the girls cockeyed or something you know mm-hmm. he was you know that was always a little creepy but you know he was a pimp you know what i mean, I mean <laughs> he was still a player you know he seemed old to us but he was probably 36 he's probably like 38 36 years old you he's know probably I mean? younger than that yeah i mean <laughs> the dudes what <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not saying this right. No, no. I'm not, for the record, I'm not saying any of this stuff is right. I just want to point that out. It's not even a laughing matter. So, as <laughs> <laughs> we both are laughing. Look, we've okay. So we've been drinking. Okay, so let me just put that out there. We're all over the place today. We're on a million different subjects. Yeah, but we have been drinking. So it's relevant. We'll, we'll just throw that out. It's relevant. No, it's relevant. And no, it's. It, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, there's. It, in my time, yeah, you definitely like. If my son came to me and was like, "Yeah, we're having a sleepover over, you know, Mrs. Jefferson's house." You'd be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Right? I mean, seriously. Well, I'm like that with the with the trip overseas. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, but you know, they 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 have to explore. You know, you just kind of hope for the best. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? You know? So, so he's going to be in eighth grade. Is that right? Yeah. What did you do in eighth grade? Yeah. I don't know. I was, what I was, kind of shit were you into in the eighth grade that if you found out that your son was doing the same thing I mean, thing I was still right playing now. with Star Wars action figures. You know what I mean? I, I didn't – yeah, I wasn't I wasn't into anything in the eighth grade. Are yeah, but what were, what were you making those Star Wars action figures do? I wasn't doing – trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I was – I was – I was – Trying my best, angelic. You yeah. were angelic. I, yeah, I was. I was trying my best to find is, an escape anywhere I could. Yeah, eighth grade. I was in suburbs of uh, Houston, Texas, and wasn't. You know, you're talking. Yeah, we weren't really welcome. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a challenging experience for me. You know, when you're in eighth grade, you feel like the world's on your back anyway. Like, you know of what I course. mean. Uh, so all it takes is one or two instances that's gonna you're gonna magnify that, but mm-hmm. it still wasn't 
it really wasn't an enjoyable time for me personally. Uh, so yeah, I would I would escape into the. Of course, I'd go to the movies. I, you know, I was big into like uh, uh, BMX. Mm-hmm. Uh, BMX. Um, um, I don't even know how to call it. What is it just? It, it was before you know freestyling and all that stuff. So you know, it's it was a period where I was. With the kids that had the, you know, mongooses and I had the huffy, you know what I mean, with the banana seat. Nice. You know what I mean? So, uh, technically, I wasn't even in the BMX club because my bike wasn't a BMX. It had a banana seat. It was horrible. Let me tell you about my eighth grade. Dude. <laughs> Let me tell you. you know, I, I had a bike with a banana seat, too. You know, so, you know. I had a street bike. And, you know, now... These bikes are hip. I oh, had the banana yeah. seat with the with the with the handlebars with the U. Everything comes back in fashion, dude. You know Everything, what I mean? right? Yeah. Now you got them chromed yeah, up. Yeah, right. And you got Snoop Dogg riding them. You know what I mean? Now it's like you're, you're, you're hood rich if you got it. But now my day, mine was orange, and uh, mine yeah. was purple. Oh, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. And you try jumping a ramp on 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 something like that, and we did, seat, and yeah. we did, right? We yeah. did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. uh, no, I wasn't making my action figures do anything, but uh, you know, recreate the 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 uh, Cloud City fight scene with Luke Skywalker and uh, Darth Vader. Yeah, it was uh, nerd. And 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 did nerd. you did you play it out exactly as it was in the movie, or I did tried. you did you come out with a different outcome? Sometimes I would do something different, but yeah, you know, I just wanted to. You see, you have to understand too. Again, <laughs> and it goes back to technology. <laughs> if there was. A device, and some of you listening have here we go. You've got digital recorders. There was no digital recorder. No, there was no copies of Empire Strikes Back. You had to use your imagination. There was nothing. There was no. You couldn't go to the go into your your living room, and there was some magic box sitting beneath your television set, and you could just turn on Empire Strikes Back. It didn't exist. <laughs> it, there was nothing. So, any, yes, anything that you had, you would imagine it, or it would come from your notebook, because I would sit in class and just draw the Millennium Falcon over and over again. And I would just take whatever images that I had when I went to the movies, or maybe you saw a commercial, a Burger King or something like that commercial, and you would take that image, and then you would try to, you know, use that, but it's burned into your psyche. So when you're playing with the action figures out there, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was, yeah, yeah. It, it was, a. it's weird because it just makes you think like how far you would go. And when we started this podcast, we were talking about like, where we'd be without our phones. Right. Right. My God, I went most of my life without my phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know exactly what to do and you know how to pass time, but no, I didn't make them. You know, hump or do anything like that, Jeff. I didn't hump. <laughs> Who uses that word? Yeah, you just did. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get. You know, I just. Yeah, I, I just tried to escape and just you know, wait for uh, technology to catch up. Did you ever have the uh, the teacher come on to you in school? No, no, not me. No, <laughs> 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 I wasn't that guy. You're no. not that guy. No, no. I had teachers make fun of me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't even want to go. This will turn into a, 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 a therapy session if I if I start going into uh, what teachers did to me. They most of them would just leave me alone. So if I wanted to sleep, they didn't care. Right. You know what I mean? They didn't care. Is why on uh, I think it was like a podcast or two ago, I was talking about my son telling him to stay, bring conversations up with his teachers. That way they recognize him that he's interested. 
in his academics and stuff outside of school. And then, you know, they take interest in you. I was just quiet. I just, you know, I draw pictures. I would do graffiti. I would, you know, I, I would just lose myself. And they, you know, they would just leave me alone. Sometimes yeah, I just. I, I yeah. was I was quiet, too. But I, I did have one teacher, um, you know, and, and so I'm in high school. And she was probably in her 40s at this point. Yeah, but were you a man? Like, were you? Did you have a man build? Uh, well, yeah, kinda. I didn't have a man build. Well, <laughs> I, I was I was on the thin side, but yeah. I, you know, but uh, and I'm not going to name the teacher. No, um, don't do that. I'm not going to name the teacher. But the uh, the teacher would, um, uh, um, my buddy and I, we would uh, we sat beside each other in class, and she would sit in the front of the room <laughs> on the edge of the desk wearing a skirt with her legs like really? spread open. Yeah, and so. And, and, you know, we're sitting right there, so my buddy and I would kind of turn and, you know, face the corner of the room. Yeah. And she would walk over to that corner and sit on a desk over in that corner of the room and sit the same way. So we would turn and face the opposite corner of the room, and then she'd do the same thing. You know, when you're taking a test, you're like drive writing, crazy, you yeah. know, and she'd walk up behind you and rub her chest all over your back, like looking over your shoulder, Word. you know, that kind of thing. Seriously, yeah. A lot of dudes. I was molested, man. I was molested. I, I, yeah. Well, you said she tried. Right. Well, she did all of that. She didn't try anything else. Yeah. But you know, that's, a, yeah, that's that was, scarring, man. No, yeah. scarring. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I could imagine. You, know, you go run home, go to your bedroom, shut the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Scarring. Yeah, for a teenager. Yeah. But I, right. I didn't have those issues. Yeah. No, I, I had a bunch of dudes. I mean, I had some hot teachers. I had a teacher. She was hot as nuts. She was. Uh, <laughs> She was yeah no she was hot she was uh, in Texas actually her name was Mrs Riddle but she spelled her name R I D D I think it was ours is L E I think she spelled it R I D D E L something like that yeah so she thought that she was felt big, this connection already right I stayed away from her though <laughs> you know what I mean I stayed away from her because she was a redhead you know what I mean and oh watch out for the redheads ne- never been with a redhead uh, I don't think but. Uh, <laughs> It's a. Uh, you don't think? Well, there's, you know, I'm in the wine business. I mean, you know, there's a lot of gray areas <laughs> and nights. With no lights on, right? Yeah, you know, sometimes I just close my eyes and hope for the best. <laughs> but Words to live by, people. Words yeah, to live by. The uh, Yeah, she, she was hot. But no, no one, no one in my, you know, history, because I was, I was maybe 100, high school, maybe I was 100 and. I don't know, 125, 130 pounds wet. Yeah, me too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you weigh now? I don't know. Uh, well, I do know actually. I'm 200. Yeah, I'm about 200 pounds. I got I got you about like four pounds. I'm 204. Yeah, but you're tall. I'm six six one. Yeah, yeah. I'm five four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not five four. I'm like five nine and a half at best. Sometimes I say five ten, but. You yeah, know. but you definitely got that athletic build going on now. Yeah, right. Yeah, that hard work, hard yeah, work. Yeah, this. Yeah, any any build that I have is is a many of. I'm going to say decades in the gym after. So you're you know? you're a gym rat, just like yeah. me. You love getting in there and love working out. Yeah, yeah. But at the time in high school, I wasn't really developed. Um, I mean, mentally, I have the same mind frame. Like I just wanted. I was like Kurt Russell in Escape from New York. I just wanted to get out. Right. Do the mission and get, get out. out. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it was a different time, and and my mindset uh, 
was just on that. That was the goal. So I didn't want to create any obstacles that was going to stop me from that, you know, completing that mission. So, uh, you know, that was the same. But, yeah, physically it was a uh, it was a period where, you know, my mind wasn't – it wasn't on that. I just – yeah, it just – I wasn't – I'm not going to say I didn't think about it. But, uh, yeah, as far as teachers, I, I had more – I know when I moved back to Flint – to finish school, it was it was male dominated field. I mean, it was mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was male dominated in a you know totally urban environment. Just you know every man for himself, and it was you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Have another sip of wine. Take a deep breath. It's yeah, all no, good. I told you. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Uh, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. You know, like kids today, what they. I mean, I see some of my son's teachers. I'm like, man, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> they seem hotter now, don't they? Everyone seems hotter Right, now. right. Yeah, yeah, everyone. But, I mean, if you, you know, who knew, you know? <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Who knew? We were going down this direction. Like, you know, things have evolved to the point where people, people don't give a shit. They're just going to do their own thing. Exactly. You know, whether you're a cop. Obviously, or you, a you pilot. Know. Yeah, they just do a what teacher. It, yeah, it's it's just it's on, and uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may, in 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 every facet of life. But uh, you, you know, today, you know, as a parent, you you just you try to set them up for success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 if they're in a situation where they question something, you know, you hope they reach out to you and, and talk to you. And my son's good about that. But, uh, you know, you, you want them to be able to use their mind. Exactly. And make the decision. Read a map. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maps <laughs> maps will take you there and get you back. That's a fact, right? That is a fact. Yeah. So what else? What, what, what are you drinking? I need another sip <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, I'm still on the starry night. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, I think you probably need a little bit more of that too, because uh, you know this is therapy, right? We went, uh, yeah, we went to see uh, the Fast and the Furious, or should should I say Furious Seven? Furious Seven. What did you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was it was a fitting tribute to uh, uh, Paul Walker and his um, you know his franchise of the Fast and the Furious uh, series. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not yet seen it. It's worth the price of admission. Is I mean, it? It's it's a fitting tribute. I, I I like the last two, far as you know the 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 the, the overall body of work, if I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like those better. But the fact that Paul is no longer with us, this was very fitting. Mm-hmm. It, it worked like it had me. You were choked up. Well, it had me on the edge of my seat. Like I, you didn't know what was gonna. I didn't. I, you know, I don't really. I don't read any reviews, or I don't read any. You know, we right. know what we ex- expect when you see something. It's like going to, exactly. you know, in our day, going to see Smokey and the Bandit. You know, we know what <laughs> to expect if you if you go see a film of mm-hmm. this caliber. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be a, you know, it's like a roller coaster. And and that was a great film, by the way, Smokey and the Bandit. Oh yeah, great film. Yeah, yeah. Did we, did we talk about this before? I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> I was instantly thinking about You're Sally flashing Fields. back, right? Yeah, yeah you're flashing like, back. On. I remember this. Yeah, that was yeah. The Trans Am? Right. Fucking Trans Am. Fucking Trans Am. What's better than a T top Trans Am? Think about this for a minute. Seriously. Circa nineteen what was it, seventy seven, seventy eight? Yeah, right. Even going into the eighties, a T top black Trans Am with the bird gold outlined. 
my buddy had one. And when I was living in Denver, there was a kid. His name was uh, Joe Barsati. And Joe Barsati was from New York. Straight up. Gang. He was from New York. New York accent. Had the feathered hair part in the middle. You know, oh, the man. Feathered hair. Mm-hmm. Wore, the, uh, wore, wore wife beaters <laughs> and uh, Levi's jeans, right? And uh, uh, I think he had the Nike Nike shoes, the white ones with the red stripe. And he was the cool kid. You know, he was a teenager. How, couple, how, few, could, how could he not be looking like that, right? Yeah, and he always talked. He always talked about, you know, getting laid. You know what I mean? <laughs> he always talked about he, – he, he was like one of the first – you know, I, and I was in, I don't know, maybe, what was I in, maybe sixth grade or something. So he was te- he would tell us all these stories about New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, we would just hang on to every word. And uh, he he would, he just lived with his dad, which we thought was amazing. We, we didn't, not, not any, you know, mm-hmm. thing against the moms of the world. You know, we need them. I'll, here's a drink to the moms to of the, the world. To the moms yeah. of the world, right? Mm-mm-mm. But they, it, we, we just always, because I always grew up with my parents. Mm-hmm. So if I, when I meet someone in, in at that time that didn't have both parents, I just, whoa, how's that work? Yeah, they, right. They had waterbeds, right? <sighs> <laughs> so at this time, listen, boys and girls, so I'm going to take you on a trip. At this time, this is unheard of, right? <laughs> My brothers and I would be in a bedroom. And we had bunk beds and I mean, stuff. Just, holy shit, this is really taking you back because you just described this guy. And this is like yeah. he's stereotypical for that time yeah. with the waterbed, right? Yeah, stereotypical all the but way. I'm going to keep going. Keep so, going. So, so keep they, going. they had waterbeds and, uh, uh, the, you know, the, he had the clothes, the hair. His dad had a gold chain on. You know what I mean? He'd come out shirtless. He had a hairy chest. I remember all that stuff. And uh, Joe was was so cool because he would just come and he every, all the kids would just would just we would just gather around and he would tell us these stories about you know growing up in New York City and at that time New York City was a melting pot of gang activity there was a lot of gang activity remember the Warriors that came oh, out yeah. and uh, he he um, he would tell us these stories about him being in the gang and he was telling us about this one story about. Uh, I remember we were outside and we were at the playground in the sand and uh, he comes over and he's telling us about, yeah, and this, this is it's still there. You were in the sandbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. We, were, we were chilling, you know what I mean? We were in the hood in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado, you know what I mean? And uh, he he comes up and he's uh, he's telling us about this, this story about, I can't remember the, the gang he was in, but they got into a fight, all right? And uh, he... Uh, he, he he would always sh- show us scars to prove that he was in these big gang fights. Who knew if they were real or not? You know what I mean? Maybe his dad was beating him or something. I don't. Who knew what was going on? All I know is they had a Trans Am, T tops, and fucking water beds. So uh, he was telling us about this fight that he got in, and uh, he said he got stabbed, and he pulled his shirt up, and uh, he. Uh, it was like a wound. It could have been his appendix, far as I know. You know, now that I look back on it, you know, who knew? Who knew? Yeah. But he said he, when he was in, in the fight, they were tussling, and the dude pulled out his knife. It was a switchblade, right? A switchblade. And he stuck it in him. And he said he, he, he looked down, and he's still fighting, and he didn't realize it because his adrenaline kicked in that he'd been stabbed, and the knife was still in him, right? And he's after he got the better of his opponent— he, he looked down, he pulled the knife out, and his, his the guy that stabbed him took off running, right? And he said he pulls the knife out, and he looked at him, and he threw the knife, and it got dude in his calf, 
right? And he said, to this day, that guy is walking around somewhere with a limp. And he goes, and I will find him. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> we are literally hanging on. Dude, I was hanging on to every word. To Holy shit. Every word. And he, the way he described that, that fight scene. And we, we would just, then we would go up into his room and like he'd have all this, you know, rock, you know, Pink Floyd, AC, just all this rock and roll stuff in his room. Bruce Lee pictures, all of it. Farrah so, Fawcett. So, it was like a scene out of Boogie Nights. And I'm, so he left the fight with a gaping wound yeah, in his side. Yeah. Looking for the guy with a knife Never stuck fa- in his leg. Never right. found him. No, but he's limping but went, somewhere in New York. But went straight back to his bedroom and got laid by his girlfriend. No, well, what's even better is, yes, that would happen. <laughs> and then he would, he would also tell us, you know, stories about him having sex. And we, we had no, no idea. Like, I didn't have any concept of this madness called sex. I had no madness. idea. Madness. That's right. It is madness. It's madness. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes good, sometimes not, but uh, it's, it's still madness. madness. Yeah. It's madness. The uh, uh, yeah, he he took us back. The the one flaw that he told us, he he was talking about sucking on titties, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> now that I look back on it, I tell you, I'm, I'm not lying. My brother, my brother, <laughs> hand to God, my brother can back me up on this story. He told us, he goes, yeah, when you suck a girl's titty, right, the milk. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Why would milk come out? The milk was sweet, right? So I'm a parent, right? I I know now. (laughs) Even before I was a parent, milk doesn't just come out. You know what I mean? Nope. Nope, it doesn't. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. We were. That's all you'd hear. A bunch of kids <laughs> licking their lips while he's telling the story about sucking on titties. Can you believe that? And there's sweet milk. So for years, I thought that, that that's what I thought. And you have to understand, <laughs> Jeff Bryant. You have to understand at this time, you couldn't download porn. You couldn't go to Google. What what's what was downloaded at that point, right? Was I not, mean, there was the nothing. Word, the word didn't even exist. You it couldn't didn't. you couldn't go you couldn't even go to the library to research this information. No. So what anyone told you was law that came down from the mountaintop. So Joe Barsati to us, he you know, he he everything that he represented was was truth. And to reinforce that, the reason why we didn't question it, one of the one of the, this is one of the biggest reasons. There was a day we were on the playground, we we're playing around and uh, we just we deviated. We went off of the playground, and uh, some uh, we lived in these apartments at the time. Uh, uh, some people just moved in, and they had you know the U-Haul trailers that you hook up yeah, to your yeah, car, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's just like a little bike. You fill it up, and then you you unhook it, and it's there. So it, if you it'll, it'll go up and down yeah. like a seesaw. Exactly. So we were playing on it for some reason. I don't know why, but it was there, and you know it was nothing else to do. So we were all you had no internet. No internet. <laughs> No DVRs, no Empire Strikes Back. No Xbox. Nothing, let me tell you. We had maps, but we didn't have. <laughs> so we're playing on it, and uh, my my younger brother at the time, Cabral, was playing on it. He was probably, I don't know what Cabral was at that time, how old he was. Maybe he was 
eight years old, seven or eight years old. He was out because he would follow me everywhere. You know what I mean? I was like his Joe Barsati at the time. So he was playing on it. And I, it, I, I can see you being it, Joe Barsati. As the, yeah. <laughs> as the seesaw U-Haul part went up, the hitch part was up in the air, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I believe I was on it or some. I don't know who was on it, but it, it, it was, we stepped off of it. Cabral was in the front of it where the hitch part was. And the weight of it made it fall down. Okay, so when it seesawed, right. it came down on his foot, mm. right? And it was heavy, let me tell you. And it, it just lodged into his foot. And he just screamed at the top of his lungs, right? Who came running to the rescue? Joe Barsati. He came running like like Superman. He came running and jumped out of nowhere. And with his superhuman strength, right? <laughs> this is no lie. He lifts up the whole U-Haul, right? It was like two or three of us to get that thing to go back and forth, to right, lift it up. Right, He By himself, he he raised it up with his strength to save my brother's foot. And the, the that hatch part dug into my My brother almost lost his his toe. Oh, wow. Like, the, like his last two toes or the last pinky toe. Mm-hmm. It almost ripped it off. I mean, the paramedic came and everything. Uh, had he not jumped, sprang into to action, he would have lost his. He left part of his foot. Action. Yeah, he 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 was amazing. That right there, it, it immortalized him to this day in the Riddle household. That name, I mean, we got in our household. We got Martin Luther King, we got Michael Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? He's he's hailed as a, a the musician that he was, uh, uh, Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We got these figures. Joe Barsati. Joe Barsati. This is no joke. I'm, I have to get my brother on here to, to tell his version of it. Let's give a toast yeah, let's to, to Joe Barsati. There you go. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And we've thought about him for all these years. So if anybody has found him, if he's in, in Joe, Colorado. If you're, if you're out there, call in. You know, we, we do want we, – we, we'll let the, the milk thing slide. I mean, maybe there was more to the story. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe she was, you know, just had child or something. This maybe you're messing with. I don't. We don't know. We don't even need clarification because him saving my brother's foot right there, immortal. Boy, I'll bet Miriam is happy she is in the mountains picking fruit off Why the trees that? today. She, she doesn't even know this story. Sometimes I tell. <laughs> sometimes I tell her stories, and she is. She's like she just she she can't even. She, what can you say to that? Right? No. I, right. And I've got tons of them. Like nice. I've got tons of them. I'm telling you. They're amazing. We can make a f- <laughs> short films out of these things. Man. You should make short films uh, out of because these things. She's like, how do you remember all this stuff? It's like just it's it's etched in somehow. I don't know, man. Because there was no internet. You know what I mean? <laughs> no internet. There's nothing. At all. So all we had were you know these these crazy adventures. That's right. How do we get on the subject anyway? What was I talking? About? <laughs> oh, well, we started talking about maps. <laughs> it kind of went from there, right? I'm telling you, it's uh yeah no, but it's what are you gonna do? I mean, you know. We need more people like that to leap into action. You know what I mean? With a knife hanging out of his stomach, you know, that kind of thing. Pulled it out. Pulled it as out. This dude was running. He threw it <laughs> into his calf. <laughs> threw it. Nice. I mean, I, 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 I got to say. It's like fucking Indiana Jones, man. Seriously, right? I got to say I believe him. I, you know? I got to say. I'm telling you. They should make a movie. He should be in the next Fast and the Furious movie. I think that's why we were talking about it. I think we were talking think, about Fast and the Furious. I, I think we, oh, yeah, we were talking yeah. about that, and we segued into, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. 
Yeah, it's Fast and Furious, decent movie. I mean, it's you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? My son liked it. It's a, it's got all those really very good one-liners like you did like in the 80s. Remember all the Sylvester Stallone movies? It's got The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's is <laughs> The Rock. I mean, who's better than that? Are you serious? Who's better than The Rock? I mean, he's uh, yeah, he he's just something to marvel at on screen. Uh, I mean, he's got one one-liner in there where he's like uh uh, the girl looks up at him and he goes, he goes, uh, she goes, did you bring the cavalry? And he goes, I am the cavalry. You know, and my son looks up to him and he was like, what's a cavalry? And I was like, well, <laughs> and he loved that line. He kept saying it after the movie. He asked me that. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that was a cool line. And I was like, I was trying to explain to him what a cavalry was. And I, you know, Google I, it. That's what I said. No, I didn't say. That. I was like, uh, "Well, this is, you know, it was back in the day when they, uh, it was part of a division of the army, right? Mm-hmm. Part of the division of the army. The bunch of guys on horses wore hats and would kill people that didn't look like them, kind of like cops. Uh, they but, would come riding in at the last second and save the day. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, but yes, <laughs> yeah, that's how I I did sum it up. I didn't say the part where they kill people that didn't look like them. I wanted to say that, but I didn't say that. <laughs> Disclaimer there, but yes, I did clarify that. But he did he uh, tons of one-liners, tons, a mm-hmm. uh, lot of a uh, lot of uh, um, you know when in the movies when people would uh, you know have a flashback and then the camera would pan on them and they'd be like looking into the air, you know what I mean? Or like, Staring off yeah, into space. There was a yeah. lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that, like Michelle Rodriguez's character would do that because she lost her memory. Anyone that followed this series, she lost her memory and she would always trip out. Like somewhere in the movie, she wigs out. Can't remember. I can't handle love. And she would run. And I was like, hey, my son would look at me. I'm like, don't worry, man. Women do that. She'll be back. Trust me. Quarter way movie, she comes back. And I'm like, told you. See, she always come back. She's going to come back. Well, really, they, some of them don't come back. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I was you know, going to say, don't paint a rosy picture. Yeah, you know, right? In this case, I knew she would come back, but I don't have time to explain that to my boy in the fucking movie. So you'll I'm learn like, one day, yeah, son. You can tell the ones that are going to come back and they're only going to come back so many times before they get tired and don't come back again. But uh, yeah, we had a good time in the movie. <laughs> I like don't podcast with you. Mary, yeah, your you know, job might be in jeopardy. <laughs> we do seem to be all over the place, but touching on a lot of really good subjects. How could you not? Right? You know what I mean? Fast and the Furious, I mean, Smokey and God. the Bandit. How did, who made that link, right? Who can make that link? Fast and Furious, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. I mean, Us, well, man. There's, Us. There's tons of movies out there. Like recently I watched, uh, I, I, I did a revisit of Ricochet with Denzel Washington. Have you seen this movie? I have seen that movie. You need to revisit because it, it's <laughs> it's just as campy and it's got all these one-liners. Denzel, for the ladies that love Denzel and fellas, uh, he strips down in his underwear in, in in a scene as a sex scene, which there are rare for Denzel. Rare, a graphic sex scene with Denzel Washington in this movie. Ricochet stars uh, Denzel Washington, Ice T. John Lithgow. I mean, who's better than him as a villain? He plays the villain. He is and he's, the villain. He's, he's, he's hell-bent on revenge because Denzel Washington foiled his plans and locked him up. He is the quintessential villain. He's great in everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a hell of an actor. <coughs> um, 
excuse me. But uh, yeah, I, I watched that, and it's 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 just so corny, but it's it's so satisfying, and you know, just like any of those movies. A lot, a lot of movies these days. Um, not all. A lot of mainstream franchise kind of movies. The script is built around one-liners. It's <laughs> one-liner after one-liner, and that can be entertaining, no doubt. But yeah, it's mostly one-liners. Yeah. 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 The throwaway line, right? Yep. Yep. It's true. It's true. And that's uh that's that's one of them. I also watched uh a documentary uh documentary uh called Sinatra. It was on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, what should, did you think? You should watch. Did you watch it? I have not seen it. You're a fan of Sinatra? I do like Sinatra. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, you're talk you're also talking to a man that has a picture Probably about the size of the ones on this wall. So a pretty mm-hmm. nice size picture of, of Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr. And I've had that picture for the a Rat long Pack. time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, I also have a picture of uh, Steve McQueen, uh, the bullet poster. I've got oh, that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I have s- several framed pictures of iconic figures from back in the day. But Sinatra... That whole era I've always been fascinated by uh, for a number of reasons. But the man itself is was so complex. And they, they went, they, they uh, I think, uh, I don't know if you can pull it up, the documentary. But uh, it, it goes into, uh, you know, his early retirement in the 70s. But it, it chronicles, you know, his rise to fame and uh, him uh, dealing with the, you know, the, the different, uh, uh, parts of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, you know, early rise to stardom, then he fell off, then he came back big and dominated the fifties into the sixties. And then Elvis came and him trying to deal, you know, with that being the aging celebrity, uh, star heartthrob, you know what I mean? And, and then going into the late sixties and seventies, uh, uh, him, uh, having to compete, you know, with uh, rock and roll, you know, if think about it, rock and roll at full swing, you know what I mean? Elvis Presley, the Beatles, you know what I mean? Jimi Hendrix, you got, you know, all th- that. Those are tough, tough movements. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. is one hell of a movement. Uh, but it, it goes into his mind and his psyche. But most of all, it shows how the stories or the, the his songs uh, that he that he wrote uh, or that he that he produced uh, are basically stories of periods of his life. Exactly. You know, and uh, quite the man. I mean, you know, his you know dips into his politics and his relationship with uh, uh, President Kennedy, mm-hmm. his other relationships with pretty much every president. From Kennedy, exactly. Uh, so yeah. I mean, he's uh, uh, of course his relationship uh, uh, with the uh, the uh, you know American mafia, the alleged American mafia. Got to say alleged. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to get him after you. Got to say uh, alleged. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, you know, it's it's just it was a different period. You know, there were there were some things that stood out to me. Uh, the Oscar ceremony, just different ceremonies where he would – how he would conduct himself in the speeches mm-hmm. uh, that he, he gave it uh, when he won the Oscar. It was different than today where today it's rehearsed. 
and it, it almost seems staged. Whereas he, the, the, those guys back in the day, I mean, these were, these were men and women. Like the women look different. I'm not saying like, you know, you got Lana Turner or you got uh, Ava Gardner and stuff like, of course you've got Marilyn Monroe's and stuff like that, but uh, just other women that just, they, they were adults. Right, you know, it, it was different. It was different. Now you have adult women trying to be teenagers. You know what I mean? They got teenager haircuts. They got, they try to wear teenager clothes. That's right. You're hungry. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just chewing so in the you, microphone. Yeah, I'm if sorry. you guys, if you guys, <laughs> I feel bad for anyone that has headphones on listening to this podcast. Is there drug? It's gone. It's over. It's yeah. It's over. Uh, but uh, overall, yeah, it was over a long time ago. It's always over. It's over when it starts. But we do appreciate uh, every minute you you hang on. But yeah, it's a good, a great documentary. So it's two. Mm-hmm. It's a two parter on HBO. Uh, worth the price of admission, that's for sure. Yeah. So how about you? What's been up with you, dude? Work, um, life, same old shit. Yeah, you got to tell me. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm right? trying to hustle this wine. Put the pieces of the puzzle together and make it happen. So what specifically are you working on right now? Uh, Talk about the wine. What are you working on right now? Right now it's more just out there in the streets trying to trying to put, uh, you know, build a uh, a portfolio or working with a couple different, few different portfolios, should I say. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I've had a hard time trying to land a job – in the wine industry, uh, you know, just uh, with a company that's going to invest in me as much as I would invest in them. And I don't want to be out there peddling a bunch of bullshit, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I just, the past six months or more, I guess, the past six plus months, I uh, work as a broker. So mm-hmm. independent consultant. Sure. I've got three different portfolios, more or less. Still working alongside Adam Carolla, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's uh, it's a grind. I mean, you know it's it's weird because you know I, I've got to I can't really focus on what I don't have and I or what I want. Mm-hmm. So I have to focus on you know moving forward. Not how many miles I'm putting on every day. Not you know. Yeah, you what have I'd to like. focus on the next, the next thing you have to do. What you're doing now, and the next thing you have to do, and you got to keep it going because yeah. you got the goal in mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It is. It's weird. Sometimes when I stop and think about it, I'll I'll get frustrated. But uh, you know, I just every day is just a new hustle. You know, every day I get up. You know, every day I work. It's not a day off. You know what I mean? Saturday comes, I'm hustling, getting ready for Sunday. Sunday, I'm putting together an email newsletter to send out to all the, uh, you know, all the potential buyers. Uh, and the email, I used to do it with retail, where I'd send retail customers an email newsletter. So I do that for wholesale. You know, you know I, I, I don't know that I've ever told you this, mm. but I'm going to tell you this. I have known you now for. God, a, a long ass time. Yeah, a long time. You have always, and this is God's honest truth. You have always been an inspiration to me. That's nice because you are one of the hardest working guys yeah. I have ever met in my life. And you, you always have the goal in mind, and you get up every day, and you're doing what it takes to try to get to the goal. 
Thank you. And you, you are a, you are an inspiration. You always have been. And I, I probably should have told you that a long time ago, yeah. but you really are. <laughs> you really are an inspiration. Yeah. That's very nice. Very nice. Seriously. Thank seriously. You. No, thanks. I mean, it's a. Uh, I, you, even, I mean, you motivate me. You know, I see you post something on Twitter. I see you whatever, like, you know, on the yeah. grind again, out there hustling, you know, that kind of thing. And that motivates me because I know that you're you're doing it for you. You're doing it for Justin. You're doing it for, you know, what you believe in. And you're, you're, you're charting your own path. You're not like, you know, uh, cowing down and doing something that you hate. You're trying to make life work within the terms of, you know, what you like to do, right? Yeah. And that's a tough road to hoe sometimes, and uh, it is. It's, and, it's and, challenging. And you, you are an inspiration. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's weird because I don't know how to not stop going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, I would like to go forward where I, you know, next week you see me in a Cadillac, right? Or next week, you know what I mean? I got this. Things, you know what I mean? Things that people things, have, fruit, right. you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Houses and stuff like that. But that's not really the the goal is to be – you want to be you know, mentally and physically sound and secure mm-hmm. so that you can reap those benefits and rewards to work and then you know, get you know, paid a little bit more and, and, and secure your future and be able to provide. It is – it's not easy when you're – you know, when, when you have, I don't know, when I could say the weight of the world, but it's, it's when you're juggling so many things Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, people that uh, you're working with are more invested and I get why they are, but they're invested in themselves and not building a team or, you know, invested in the people they're working with. It's changed. You know, there was a time in this country, at least when I was growing up, uh, when, uh, companies would invest, you know, they, they say they invest in, in the employee, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a masquerade. It's all, it's all about the company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just basically kind of took it in my own hand and kind of created something, but even still that safety net isn't there. So when you're independent, as I call myself, you know, there's, there's no safety. There's nets. no safety there's nothing. net. It's, you're just out there and you're just moving and you're, you're, you're trying to connect dots. And like I said, put the pieces of the puzzle together to see what it makes. Could I be more structured? Could I plan things? Yeah, of course I could, but you know I don't have time. Like time is a serious luxury for me. But you know, if you hit the point in your life where you had the safety net, you had built up, you know, whatever you want to have built up, you have a little bit of the comfort, you have the Cadillac, you have whatever. I really think it's part of your personality that you would find something else to keep on pushing forward about. You know, because that's you have a drive. It's the same thing you do when you, you hit the gym and you work out. It's the same thing you do when you get up every morning and you go beat the path. Yeah. You, you have a drive. And, and people who have that drive, you know, whether or not they succeed monetarily or with they have the most things at the end of the race, they succeed because you have the drive. You keep going. No matter what life throws at you, you keep going. And that's why you're an inspiration. Yeah, that's nice. No, it's, you, I definitely don't hear that. I don't. No, I don't. Well, uh, you need to just, hear it. Yeah, thank you. You need to hear it. No, I appreciate it more than you know. It's a. Uh, um, 
I'm sorry to invite all of you guys into our love fest. I mean, seriously, yeah. but, you know, right? No, it's a – well, I mean, a lot of people are in this position right now. A lot of people – someone right now listening might be at a job where they're at a mm-hmm. crossroads or might be working a part-time job or – you know what I mean? Or, or you might be looking for something in a relationship or a job or, or anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Finding their place in the world. You know what I mean? So it's – it kind of deals with that and, and, and the story isn't new. You know, my story, story is not new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are, are, you know, millions of people going through it uh, right now. And, and how do you deal with it? And, and the way I deal with it is to keep going. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. It's easy to lose yourself, you know, in, in uh, or escape in the bottle or try to mask it with a drug or, um, you know, try to overindulge in anything. But, I mean, just to get up every day and grind it out. And try to you know uh, surround yourself with the right people, the right minds, and create and build something. That's the hard part. You that know what is I mean? The hard part. And and being able to differentiate, you know, who's your friend, who's your ally, who's you know all that. It's there's so many areas. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's challenging and it's exhausting. But uh, yeah, no, I just I don't I don't think there was ever a period where I stopped. Even when I had the wine shop, when you knew me, mm-hmm. and then I closed that down, when that business in, you ended, didn't stop. Yeah, you didn't no, stop. No, I went next door. The guy was selling. Uh, the guy next door was selling. Um, uh, what was he selling? Uh, uh, Bobby. We call him Bobby Batman. Uh, uh, he. Uh, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Batman he used to buy a lot of Cane Five. Oh man, which is a very uh, a cult winery out of yep. Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it's from Iran, so his first letters of his name was Bat, spelled Batman. I couldn't begin to pronounce his last name, but great, great guy, great family, and uh, I worked with him immediately. And he sold. uh, He was a producer of beauty products Mm -hmm. at the time. He was doing beauty products uh, like you know hair shampoo and all this stuff from uh, for for children, Mm -hmm. and then he did it for uh, 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 African American uh, children. Or, uh, or and young adults, uh, just beauty products. And I remember I was just I, I immediately. It's weird because I just picked up the pieces. I mean, closed the shop down and then went to sell something completely different, mm-hmm. just to keep you know keep me doing something to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was kind enough to to bring me into his camp for a short period of time. Then I went into distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else I knew started a, a company, and then. Uh, again, it's it was a, it was an era where, at the time, I thought I was doing the right thing by uh, uh, investing everything I had. But I was investing everything I had in someone else's dream, and so when they wanted to, when they eventually went into another direction, and I wasn't included in that, right. uh, you know, it was again. So I need to start, and it's, it's bad that I keep saying this. I need to start. I need to start because I should have started a long time ago you need to you need to put yourself in a position where you're you're more in control and uh you protect yourself and your investment which is you you know what i mean and people do that they do that in companies where they you know take a retirement plan 401k stuff Mm -hmm. like that but Mm -hmm. when you're young you don't really think about that stuff Uh, but i mean you should you really should it doesn't matter what you do in life same thing if you're a musician or an artist and and you're in a band you should you go on a road you should take out an insurance policy you should uh you know protect yourself when you should read the contract if you sign to to you know make sure that you own any song that you produce you know it really all boils down to you know the the safety message you hear every time you get on an airplane 
always secure your mask before you try to help others. That's right. You have to look out for yourself first before yeah. you try to help. Well, it's other funny. People, you, right? It's funny you said that. Uh, uh, the uh, I've said this on the podcast plenty of times because uh, my son comes up a lot of times in the podcast. Uh, the uh, we've never talked about Justin before. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I one of the number one things I've taught him from the beginning is the number one rule in the sweet science that is boxing: protect mm-hmm. yourself at all at times. At all times, and uh, you know, don't look for me to do it. Don't look for your mother to do it. And your grandparents, protect yourself at all times. Exactly. So, and I haven't followed that rule, and uh, you know, that's why I'm always running around like a madman. You know what I mean, but uh, yeah, I appreciate that nod. Yeah, it's nice. How'd you? Uh, what'd you do? I saw you just poured some more. Vino. You know, I you had, went back. I had to go back. I had to go back to the Allegrini, the Palazzo della Torre. Big difference. Big right? difference. But it's been open what now? A little while. Yeah, a few minutes, yeah. and uh, it's very nice. Yeah, yeah. Now you'll have that bottle for the evening because uh, I, I won't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You never know what you can do until you try. That's true. That is true. Yeah, so... uh, Throwing out a lot of words to live by, people. Yeah, well, you know, we're just giving you a map. That's all. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're not going to know... How are you going to get to where you're going if you don't have direction, right? Exactly, right? That's what we're here to do. Provide direction. Give you a map. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff. So, yeah, it was uh, insightful. I think we covered a lot of ground. What do you think? I think we covered quite a Mm -hmm. bit of ground. And let me just say, Miriam Tazi, we miss you. Please, please... Find a map, come back from picking the fruit on the mountains in Africa. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we'll have Tony Guida back on uh, soon, too. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure when Miriam Tassi will be back. I think, uh, you know, depends. And podcasts. Depends on how many podcasts you yeah, do between yeah. now and then. Yeah, so podcast time is different than real time. So, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, she, she'll, she'll be back. And we'll, we'll all get together and do another one and get some more, uh, get some more wine and cheese and, uh, and see where uh, see where the map takes us. See where the map takes us. That's right. So uh, as for everyone tuning in, uh, thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for putting up with uh, pretty much every story we told. And it was all over the place. It was, but I enjoyed it. And if you Me see, too. And if Me you too. see, uh, if you see, or you know Joe Barsati, see if you can uh, track him down. Joe, call in, please. That's where right. are you? That's right. So we can uh, find him on Facebook or Twitter or something, and see if he can reconnect us. Uh, yeah, it'd be strange, wouldn't it, if somebody found him? Right. That huh? would be odd. <laughs> Get some titty milk. You Ooh. know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with that. But, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We had a good time with some wine. Shout out to, uh, what is it, Allegrini? Allegrini and Starry Night. Starry Night out of Sonoma. So, uh, shout out to them. You can find them. You can Google them. There, You can find them at your local retailers. Uh, wine shops and uh, the cheese. I mean, I don't know. Where'd you get the cheese from? Uh, Whole Foods. Yeah, Whole go, Foods. To, yeah. go to Whole Foods. Get some stuff. Get some stuff. That's right. You got olives and all that good stuff. Got all kind of shit here. And uh, I think that's all I got. I think that's all I got. So we will see you on the next episode. You can find me at Malcolm Riddle on Twitter, uh, at Malcolm Riddle. Instagram the same. Just Google me. I'm easy to find. If you Google Malcolm Riddle, it comes up. Doesn't make that noise, but it comes up. There's a map. There is a map. And with that, Domino motherfucker.
Until my nana, down for high hat crash and whiplash. City night, bright light and herb stash. 